That was just beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And it explains my life. There's light and there's shadow. I don't know. So I'm going to talk today about the Stoic philosophy. Now, I'm not an expert at it, so if you're asking for that, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get my interpretation of the obstacle is the way. But how did this come into my life? This came into my life because I went on vacation with my daughter. And we were going to Maryland to see my sister, and we were bringing our grandkids, uh, 14 and 17, to Annapolis so they could see Annapolis. It's so beautiful. And uh, my daughter says, hey, you want to listen to a book on tape? <laughs> and now I had already told the angels, I'm on vacay. My life is spiritual study. So when I'm on vacay, <laughs> spiritual study is not what I do. And you know what? They said, no, you're doing this, Donna. And the book was, The Obstacle is the Way. And if anybody's interested in Stoic philosophy, or actually history, I was telling Greg, there's all sorts of anecdotes about different people that came up and moved this philosophy. It is a great book. And so I listened to it, and I called Greg, and I said, I have a book to speak on. And uh, my daughter ordered it for me. So that's how it came about. And how it came about me being here is Reverend Joanne is a colleague of mine. And I listened to her last talk. And she said, carry me in your heart. So I'm here this morning. And I'm carrying Reverend Joanne in my heart. So I want you to know that I love her and I'm so glad to be here on the first Sunday that is the new way of her life. So getting back to Stoic philosophy, I, I was afraid of it, actually. I thought, how can I talk on this? The, but the impediment to action advances action. That's one of the Stoic comments. The impediment to action, the hindrance to action, actually advances action. Well, think about it. Have you ever been in like a, a rotten situation? What does it do? It makes you perk up, pay attention, and say, i got to get out of here. So the action comes. So what stands in the way becomes the way. Marcus Aurelius, the Roman emperor. What stands in the way becomes the way. So how does this get to our everyday life. Well, John and I were ready to sell our family home, and we were going to look for a condo. I never thought we'd live in a condo, but it came to that point. And we started looking, and someone in unity, I'm going to tell you, sometimes we don't tell the truth to each other, because someone in unity said, well, what's your budget? So I told them, because I, like, I will tell you anything, as the girls know. Anyway, so... Um, and I gave her our budget, and she goes, oh, you're really limited. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Marcus Aurelius and I became one at that point. I became the emperor of my movement. And I thought, that is not truth. I won't listen to that limited belief. And John and I set out to find our place. 
Well, I just want to tell you without going, you know, because I could go long and silly. We live in the most beautiful place on a ravine, full of grass, full of trees, with a brick patio, which my husband loves, and a rose bush, because I have a devotion to St. Therese, the little flower, the simple way. A rose bush, a brick patio, woods, grass, three bedrooms, three, two and a half baths. I wasn't limited. That wasn't the truth. It was $4,000 over budget, and if anybody knows about buying real estate, that's nothing. So we can take this Stoic philosophy, and we can become truth. And part of their deal is a reserve clause. I love this, and I read about it, and they said, actually, in sports, they always have a reserve clause. But they have a reserve clause in Stoic, and it says, Our expectations are reserved for what is within our sphere of control. And what that means is we set about with our ideas. I set about with our ideas for a home, for a condo that would fit our lifestyle. And we have lack of attachment. And, you know, the Buddhists teach, if you don't want stress, then don't become attached to things. So when we are in control of outside influence, we're attached to the outcome, we very possibly will be disappointed if it doesn't turn out exactly the way we want it. So what I've learned in unity is says either this or something better. Either this or something better. That's our reserve clause. That's our chance to keep peace of mind as we walk through life. And Course in Miracles says, I can, I could see peace instead of this. So we protect ourselves from depression, anxiety, and worry. We don't allow it to happen. But then there's another part of the Stoic philosophy. It says, we blame. When something doesn't go right, what do we do? We blame. We blame Washington. We blame the weather. I heard this huge storm coming. We blame. We blame relatives. We blame circumstance. We blame bosses. Because we try to explain. And what Stoic philosophy will tell us is it's our attitude and our approach. It's your interpretation of appearances. You know, when I started Unity, I was being counseled because I wasn't going to come to this church ever. Now I've never left that. And the minister who was counseling me knew to tread lightly because I was carrying the Pope with me. <laughs> and so she said, Donna, can I just share with you, everyone is blameless. Now, it's actually not a unity teaching as much as Course in Miracles, but it's a new thought teaching. And, you know, I knew what she said was true. But 2,000 years ago, the Stoic philosophy said we blame, but it's really our attitude and our approach of appearances. And so I didn't have to blame anymore. It took a lot of weight off my shoulder. I had a list. I had a list. And I could prove one by one 
where Blaine sits. And it, it puts it off my shoulders, and that's what Stoic philosophy is about, is remove, remove the appearances. Remove the appearances and know that I can make good out of this. And I'm not naive to life. But even Rumi said, out beyond wrongdoing and rightdoing, there's a field, you know this, it's so popular, and I will meet you there. When that minister, that unity minister, invited me in to use the great tools to overcome what mentally was confusing me. Because, you know, you don't speak if you got it all together. And if you got it all together, you should really be speaking. So humility is part of this journey. To understand that it's simple. But in Stoic, it says it takes skill and discipline to bat away the pest of bad perception. Skill and discipline. That's what I've always looked for in my study. Skill and discipline. Doesn't sound like fun, but it is. It has unloaded the appearance of life. Can we not all look out at the appearance of life and have real strong opinions about them? I can. But then I remind myself that what happens in my growth and in my life is internal business. It's internal business. And that doesn't mean I don't serve. It doesn't mean that I don't see if people are hungry and I want to feed them. It doesn't mean that I don't serve my friends, my relatives. But Charles Fillmore spoke to this too. He said, there's a cleansing of the mind that has to happen. We have to get into this state of being to understand that instead of always looking out, look within and understand that there's a cleansing. And Charles Fillmore said, Clear away the cobwebs of your mind. Clear away. So where is that different than it takes skill and discipline to bat away bad perception? That's stoic. Charles Fillmore says, clear away the cobwebs of your mind. Our work, our work is within. So we have to understand, as Charles Fillmore said, thoughts are things. Do we ever think of thoughts as things? They occupy space in our mind. We need to do a mental health clean. And then the Stoics look at it. Most of our obstacles are internal, not external. So we have to know the way and know that the way is strength. And know that the way is mental, physical, emotional, and perceived obstacles. It is the way. And we come to our statement of faith, which is unity, and I mentioned it in our meditation, that there is only one power, and there is only one presence. And that presence is God, and that presence is good. And the Stoics say, we could make good out of this. So it's not that, you know, and our family is not naive. You know, we're, oh, I just saw my friend. We're uh, 65 strong. 
So we've had everything you could think of happen in our lives, both blessings and both tremendous happenings, I'll say. Right now I have a nephew recovering from extensive surgery um, for uh, cancer. And so he said, oh, well, he'll get well. You can keep a positive attitude. But what he's got to battle is not only that he's got this pain of the surgery, it's painful. He had a sister who died about five or seven years ago of cancer. So he's holding that thought, too. And guess how he's doing it? With faith. The skill to bat those pests away. They are such an example to our family. I prayed for them today. Such an example of how they're walking through this with faith. But it's not the thing of telling someone to be positive. You know, this strength that we have is not about being these twits. You know, twits of positivity. People walk through hell sometimes. And how do you show up? You show up with a faith that God is good. You don't ask someone who's in a state of suffering to be positive. You don't push people away who are trying to share their pain with prayer. That's a shocking statement. You know, we yell at our kids because they're on the telephone or they're on their pads or whatever they're doing. We say, you've got to get authentic with people, eye-to-eye contact. you got to get to know people. And yet, how many times do we push people away with some sort of silly comment of positivity that has nothing to do with what they're trying to share with us? Authenticity is an open heart. And we're powerful enough to open our hearts to pain why we think good. It can happen. And that's what the Stoic philosophy is about. They say, their comment is, be ceaselessly creative. Ceaselessly creative. So my nephew said about, because this was mouth and a whole bunch of surgery. And so they got on CareBridge. Is it it CaringBridge or CareBridge? Does anybody know it? Well, he didn't want phone calls. You know, 65 people calling you, plus his friends. He didn't want that. So what he did was he got on this CareBridge, and he and his wife could communicate to us ceaselessly creative in a time of pain, in a time of trouble, in a time that he was dealing with the loss of his sister and his pain of surgery. Ceaselessly creative. Ceaselessly creative. We can learn and preserve this. And Charles Fillmore gave us a way. He gave us denials and affirmations. Denials and affirmations, their thoughts, their form of prayer, they're transformative of consciousness. 
you know, I didn't take this really so seriously. I thought this was like uh, elementary kindergarten teaching, affirmations and denials. It's powerful in changing the mind. And I want to tell you, like, some of these ideas are 2,000 years old. We know that our Christ teachings are 2,000 years old. So don't act like you know this because <laughs> we keep trying to learn it. I don't know what the problem is. I really don't. And when I tried to get away from it on vacay, they said, nah, you're not ready yet. So now I'm studying Stoic philosophy, and if you think that's easy, it's not, you know. So in this idea of affirmations and denials, there are two movements of mind that express power to accept or reject, to lay hold or let go. So the Bible says, let your yes, yes be yes, and let your no, no be no. Through denials, they're release statements. They allow us to release something that we're afraid of. The mother of these children, my sister, is such an example of being able to release fear and live in faith. What an example she is to me of releasing fear and living in faith. As she buried one child and has one child recovering. A self-discipline of heart to carry love. That's really our job. All this study is about having self-discipline of love to carry it into any situation under any appearance. And I work at it like my friend Carol knows. She knows I don't have it yet, but she knows I work at it. She knows I'm earnest and honest. That's all that's requested, is an honesty and authenticity. And the denial is to deny those mental notes of erasing from consciousness the not-enoughness. Now, I don't know if anybody in this room has a not-enoughness period. I do, sometimes. Not proud of it. But not enough time, not enough money, not enough love. All of that is not true. You want time? Give time. You want money? Give money. You want love? Give love. It's just a cycle of a giving and receiving. We place ourselves in divine mind for poise and power. We are, everyone in this room is so powerful. We're given the task of bringing heaven to earth through the 12 powers of our Christ. And we can do it. We can do it. The Stoic philosophy talks about perception, which we're talking about today, the power of action and will. And the way through them is objective judgment. You have to do good judgment. I know my husband got sick when we were young, and, um, you know, I, everything for me is heart, and so I can't think, you know, like in intellect, because I honor a, a spiritualized intellect, and I go right to my heart. So it's my husband. He's sick, and I'm in my heart. And my friend Carol, who's here today, said to me, Donna, 
you got to call a specialist. And I said, oh, oh, yeah, 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 I got to call a specialist. Thank God she was there for me. We're there for each other. I don't always have to be intellect. I don't have to be spiritual intellect. But I also don't always have to be in my heart. But one thing I have to do is listen. Listen. That's what meditation's about. Listen. And I got the best neurologist around. So the way that they say perception, action, will is, ob- I don't know, am I talking too long? Uh, objective. <laughs> don't say that to me. <laughs> so we have objective judgment. We have unselfish action. So remember, perception, action, and will is the discipline of the Stoics. Un, uh, objective judgment, unselfish action, and willing acceptance. So that they said in the Daily Word about radiance, you know, really it was set up for this talk. The radiance of freedom overcoming obstacles is a skill. There is no good or bad. There is only our perception. So the 2,000-year Stoic phrase, what is up to us, and what is not up to us. And I'll read this list as I bring this to a close. What is up to us? Think about this. You know, we're looking at all the appearances, and, I, and I'm a current events buff, so I, I'll talk current events to you all day long. In fact, people back up for me. But anyway, but our, our emotions, our judgments, our creativity, our attitude, our perspective, our desires, our decisions, and our determination. That's what's up for us. That's what's up for us. That's what's ours to do. And Myrtle Fillmore said, The day will come when all adverse states of mind will give way to the light of truth. That is our co-founder. All adverse thoughts of mind, all adverse states of mind will give way to the light of truth. So, Carpe Diem, let us therefore set out wholeheartedly, leaving aside our many distractions, and exert ourselves in this single purpose. As each day arises, welcome it as the very best day of all, and make it your possession. That's Seneca, 2,000 years ago. But wait, as I'm closing, I'm excited. I have a 3,000-year-old something to share with you. So just let us know that we do have to have a spiritual practice. We have to. So the 3,000, Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So to understand, as Reverend Joanne would say, you are the light of the world. So let your light shine before men. Let it shine. You are powerful beings. This isn't to your ego. This is to your heart and soul. And we can change. And we will feed the poor. And we will clothe the poor. And we will hug the children. You know, John and I did youth ministry for 10 years. Loved it. They're the ones who actually taught us about life. So as I close... 
I don't want Greg to... Are you panicking? No. Are you panicking? You asked me. I know. As I close, uh, Greg actually asked me to have a spiritual practice because you're going to continue that. So I just want to tell you, this week I invite you to become aware of the idea that obstacles can be opportunities to practice virtue. This is right out of the book. Patience, courage, humility, and creativity. Stoic words are needed as we face challenges no matter how small that they may seem to us, for moving forward in love. As he thinketh in his heart, so he is, Proverbs 23, to understand that the actual spiritual practice this week for all of us is the spiritual practice... Oh, I just said that. (laughs) The spiritual practice this week is to face all obstacles Like, mine are going to be really small. My nephews are really big. But guess what? We're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. Face the obstacles with the virtue of patience, creativity, and love in our hearts. Thank you.